This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi guys, it's Wenon here. And the season might be done and dusted, but we've been very fortunate uh, to be joined on the podcast today by Sam or Banyo Boy, who... Uh, obviously, uh, took out the number one spot this year in, in Supercoach. So uh, that podcast has come straight after this. But before we get into that, I just need to apologize. Uh, there is a, a dog, an annoying dog in the background. Um, it is mine. I am dog sitting at the moment. I have a couple and have been trying to, to put them in different areas of the house. But unfortunately, um, one of them did not uh, stop barking the whole way through. So uh, apologies for that. I hope you still enjoy the podcast. So, uh, without further ado, let's go straight to my conversation with Sam. Hi, guys. Emergency podcast here. Our season is done and dusted, but we've been very fortunate to be joined by Sam, a.k.a. Banyo Boy, who took out the top gig this year and uh, did it very comfortably, uh, I think over 400 points clear. So, Sam, mate, what a win. Well done. How are you? Thanks, Josh. How are you, mate? Um, hey to all the other guys uh, from Supercoach Talk. Uh, thanks for all the support I've had over you know, the last few weeks and the seasons. Um, all the little... Um, Nice little things you were typing in there for me. I didn't get to all you guys, but I appreciated a hell of a lot. Thanks, guys. No worries, mate. So, okay, it's almost been a week. I guess, you know, Sunday is, is come and gone very, very quickly. How does it feel, mate? Have you your feet touched the ground yet? Mate, it's been great. It, it, to tell you the truth, it's still sort of sinking in. You sort of, you know, wow. To me, you know, it's not about the stats. You just think, wow, I won that title. That's forever. That's, you know, it's just awesome. It's been really awesome, mate. That's uh, fantastic. And so I, I think today that um, the great man, Tom Sangster, came up from Sydney uh, to, to interview and just to, you know, to take some photos and stuff. What, what was that experience like? Did it did it feel like it's, you know, this is actually really happening? Mate, if Tom's not the best bloke in the world, he's in the he's at least in the grand final. He is a champion bloke, a really nice fellow. He's just got such a calmness about him and the kids took to him. Um, we did a nice little video. I think that'll be out in the next day or two. Um, I think he's going to get a bit of a laugh out of it. Yeah, mate. Everybody says that about Tom. He's a he's a ripping bloke. Uh, no first hand dealing with him over the past couple of years. So that's good. I'm sure that would have um, you know would have been pretty surreal for you um, having him there uh, to get it through. So all right, let's let's jump into a few questions I've got for you, mate. Um, so how long have you yeah, been playing? Sure. How long have you been playing Supercoach for? Is this is this the first high ranking you've had, or have you been up there and about for the past couple of years? I've had a couple of right rankings. I finished um, nine one nine last year. I got a key rank from that. Uh, the two seasons before that um, weren't too flash. A mid uh, two thousand and an early three thousand. The season before that, but one of my earlier years, um, I'm pretty certain when I started, it was maybe a few weeks into the very first season of Supercoach. Uh, I think that was uh, eight, nine, maybe ten years ago, however long it's been going. But 
I think my lowest ranking before this one was uh, a late 400 somewhere. Yeah, that's fantastic, mate. Uh, very well done. So, all right, that's, you know, getting out of the way when you started Supercoach. Um, you know, apart from being uh, the champion this year, as everybody knows, uh, I know that you work in the media with Radio TV. How long have you been doing that for? Is that, you know, something you're, you're quite passionate about? Oh, I've worked with uh, Radio TV since uh, 1999, uh, pretty much behind the scenes, um, you know, doing all the stuff with studio guys, um, setting up interviews, uh, those sorts of things. I have done a few producing shoots from time to time, but, you know, more of a staffer in the background there and getting paid to watch sport, mate. It's pretty tough. <laughs> and and what about the sports? Do you think that working in the sports industry has helped you with Supercoach along the way? Uh, well, I haven't missed a game of footy in a long time, um, unless I've been to this school. Um, yeah, I'm not at home watching them. I'm getting paid to watch them at work, so... Uh, no, that's been pretty cool. I don't know whether it's helped me with strategy-wise or those sorts of things, but no, I suppose it can't hurt. Yeah, definitely. And and I, I know Peter Basaltis, who who works there, I was on um, when he was at another radio station, came on to his thing a couple of times talking about Supercoach, and I know that Wilfred was on his program this year, and I'm pretty sure that he plays the, the game. Have you had a chance to rub it into him yet? No, I haven't. Salty's uh, normally just getting out of the places I'm getting in there. He does the early stuff. As bad as early on, there is over the clock. And, uh, in fact, if you're listening tomorrow, mate, the boys are going to have me on the last 10 minutes of the show tomorrow to have a bit of a chat about it um, and how the season sort of went. Uh, no, we couldn't get Salty into a competition, but he's a busy fellow on the weekend. I don't think he's had the time to really focus on the head there or the behavior or something, but it'd be like playing the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough, mate. Um, okay, so um, how about, you, you know, we know you as Banyo Boy. We kind of see you around the Supercoach community. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out in the Daily Telegraph um, about, you know, this year's winner and maybe some articles next year as well. But tell us a little bit about yourself, mate. You know, I said you, you were talking before about you had been in hospital a bit over the past couple of years. So, if you wouldn't mind elaborating, you know, this is obviously really important, Supercoach, but, you know, some things in life are a lot more important, aren't they? Oh, definitely, mate. Like, um, okay, I don't know whether I've mentioned it on the site before. Um, 2014, I was obviously diagnosed with bowel cancer. I had an uh, operation where I had a right hemoglobin, which means they take out, you know, the right half of your bowel. Um, you know, I went through chemo, 14 weeks of chemo. Um, I beat all that on... Um, you wait till you have way I had chemo was through what they call portacast. Um, you keep your portacast in, um, it's an implant, you keep it in, it sits just above your heart. Um, you keep that in until you get to the three year mark, which I just got to recently. Um, but yeah, I had a few little issues with it. Uh, the portacast I had just basically fell apart inside me. Um, so I, I've had an op just recently where they had to retrieve retru- uh, retru- the 20 centimetre tube and bits and pieces from the porter cap that was lodged in my heart. Um, so, yeah, that was around 17 or 18. The weekend lane came into it. Um, I missed all that because I had to make my trades before I went into my op. And things were all right. Uh, they settled down. I was uh, had a few days off work. First day I was back in the shower getting ready to go to work. And the whole right side of my face was just, oh, it was on fire, a pain like I'd never had. And, I told the lie, she did the quick doctor Google thing and it come up that um, I'd had a clot. So we went to the hospital, which they confirmed. I'd had a uh, clot in my jugular and um, so 
it's been a rough two or three weeks around there, but uh, things are all good now, mate. I'm medicated, all the fun stuff, so everything's going on there. Amazing how much 50k makes you feel better. It does, mate, and that is just an amazing story. I know we had with Wilfred last year with his um, wife giving birth on the day that you know he'd won the competition, and you know what you have gone through this year and and also the past couple of years. It's you know it really is amazing, and and I know you did say before that you're not really sure if you deserved it, but if anybody. Um, you know, deserved it. Who plays the game? You, you are definitely the one, mate. A, um, a, a brilliant bloke um, on the community, but also just in general talking to and you know, just sensing what you've gone through. Um, you know, it's it's a really really nice thing that you know this could go to somebody like you who really does deserve it. So um, you know, we're really happy. And but as you said, it really does put things into perspective that there is a lot more important things in life than obviously just a game, but. As you said, oh, that's right, mate. As you said, mate, the fifty k, it's it's good, it's very handy, and oh, uh, mate, it makes you feel better. Uh, like, you know, I don't know what I mentioned. Uh, the NRL had uh, I don't know, a footy show happening on the two thousand fourteen. Aaron came up and did an interview with us and all that sort of, um, sort of thing. And the only reason I did that interview then was because Aaron's um, the Bowel Cancer Australia ambassador. So, just a quick community service announcement, guys. Twenty five thirty. If you've got cancer in your family tree. Go make an appointment with your doctor. Have, have a quick check. Get the all clear, and then we can play Super Coach forever. Yeah, definitely, mate. And we'll um we'll put up a, a link and a few things uh, within this post, uh, linking through to to that. And um, when we hope that you, you do your season review, mate, we'll make sure that we also include um, whatever things we need to in there about getting people out to get checked up as well. It's obviously extremely important. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I totally missed the signs, um, and that's why uh, I, I got caught pretty late. You know, I'm a lucky guy, mate. Things are great for me. I've seen others. I've been with others that weren't as lucky. So, guys, go out, get the check. It's not great, but get it done. Peace of mind. Get it right, mate. Yep. So, I must say, mates, um, it's it's great advice, and, uh, you know, it really is comments from the super coach. <laughs> Thanks, mate. So, have you always been a lover of league, mate, or you know, working in um, where you do at the TA, Radio TAB? Are you a lover of all sports, or are you just really focused in on on rugby league? I'm a leaguey through and through. Um, I played ten years as a young guy, going from nines up to nineteen. Met some great guys. I played at the Benio Rugby League Club. That's you know pretty much where my name is. Um, I grew up in Benio, even though I haven't lived there for over twenty years. But you know. Most of those guys I played with, I grew up with, I'm still best mates with them now. So. But yeah, oh, mate, I'll, I'll watch any sport. Um, if it's contact, I'm all over it. Um, I don't do soccer or you know, some of those sports. I'm not into AFL, um, UFC, horse racing. You know, if you can have a wave tonight, mate, I'll, it'll pick my interest. <laughs> so that, that's where the name comes from, hey? So you're a Banyo boy. Um, what? You, how long did you live there for? All of your um, t- teenage years and maybe a little bit more? Oh, yeah, mate. Yeah, I grew up there. I probably moved away when I was um, 19 or 20. So, yeah, I grew up there. Uh, played at North Banyo at the Mighty Boring, which uh, didn't have a great reputation back in the day like probably Banyo did when I grew up there. But nah, I'm a Banyo boy through and through, mate. You know, what's the saying? You can take the boy out of Banyo, but don't take the Banyo out of the boy. Yeah. Definitely, mate. Well, that's that's some really good insight there. Thank you for that, and and also thanks for uh, opening up a bit on on everything that you've been through. Um, you know, I know that it, it, it. I think it's a really important message that's going to get across over this podcast. So very very much worth it. Um, how about we step away from that a little bit and let's talk about Supercoach? What are your thoughts? 
sweet, mate. What do you want to cover? Let's get to it. Yeah, let's get straight into the nitty gritty, mate. Um, so, when did you hit the front? Uh, the first time I hit the lead, I was strolling back on my thing. I think it was around two six starts, around round sixteen. Yeah, um, I was fourth the week before, and I hit the front finally around sixteen. Um, I held the top spot for three weeks, then I lost it to I think it was Brado's best for uh, two weeks, and then. I managed to get back there in round 21 and uh, was lucky enough to hold it through to the finish. Okay. And was that around the buyers that you, you hit the lead? Or the, when the buyers finished again, was that was a little bit later on or was it halfway through? Um, I was fourth. Uh, coming out of round 15, I was fourth, so that was the second buy. Mm-hmm. Um, but buyers were like pairs this year. Like it was like 12, 13, 15, 16, and 18, 19. So, um, yeah, coming out of... Um, Round 15, I hit uh, top spot in round 16, held it uh, through to the next buy. I'd lost it in round um, 19, and then, yeah, uh, back in round uh, 21, back to the top spot. And as I was saying, mate, lucky, making nice choices on the way home, but yeah, it paid off big time. Okay. And how did you deal with the um, the nerves throughout? I mean, it must have, um, you know, maybe round 16, there wasn't too much. It would have been like, well, this is cool I'm in front, but will it last? But you know, coming into round 20 onwards, um, you know, when you're hitting back in the lead, there's not too far to go now. Um, you know, were you nervous? Like, how did it change your perspective of watching the games or did you just try and shut it out and, um, you know, just try and focus or, you know, did the nerves get the better of you at times? Oh, nerves definitely got the better of me. Um, as I was saying with a few little issues, there was one game there... Um, I think it was a game where Parnell was going well, and I know he was a pod for me um, compared to some of the guys in the top five at that stage. He was having a pretty big weekend. <laughs> I was getting pretty pumped up. I think it was for a second try. I think it was for Parnell anyway. And then he sort of felt my heart start to go. And I was like, oh, man, I've got to sort of damn, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from that weekend, I pretty much had to sit down and I was stay calm, maintain, <laughs> don't get too excited. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, I think. Um... Yeah, it's interesting with Rapana right as well because he he finished off the season quite poorly. So did you did you consider trading him out or you just you stuck fat with him the whole way through? I think. Uh no. Nah, from I'm not can't quite remember the round I brought him in. I think it was um, around about round seventeen. I, I brought him in two weeks late. Um, he went one hundred. I think he put on two hundred and fifty points in two previous rounds. Um, around the buy time, if you can believe this, I chose uh, Tucky or TKO over Rapana because I thought. TKO, better buys. I can't get refunded now. He's my buyer buys. And, yeah, I lost about 100 and, 100 and something points with that decision. But, oh, well. You, you made the right decision getting him in, mate, anyway. So, and, um, you know, when did you, you know, we've spoken through the nerves and you're, you're quite a, f- a fair way head into that last round, maybe 200 points, I think it was. You know, when did you, you realise that you couldn't lose and, you know, how did that feel and where were you on Sunday when, when that all went down? I was fairly confident from round 24 onwards. Um, from round 24, I, I really thought it was mine to lose. I just had to make good decisions with the captain. Hopefully, um, the good players were both good money boys. Just hope they turned up. But, but the last round, um, especially the last Sunday, the first half of the last Sunday, I had both players, and I just sort of worked two double shifts. So I come home and had a sleep. I slept through that uh, first game on the Sunday. And then... Um, by the time of half-time of the St. George game, I think they were next up. I knew the other boys were playing with it, even though I hadn't seen their teams. And it was on a pretty good score. I, I knew it was all over then. But 
to tell you the truth, it, it wasn't too long yet. Um, Brados captained Moses that week, which, you know, Moses didn't go that well. So, had I really known, it was probably all over that Friday night. Yeah, okay. And have you been in contact with um, Braden? I think he came second. Have you um, any kind of, um, you know, banter between you two or, or no real um, communication at all? No, I'm not sure. Did he, did he go on the site much? I didn't think he did. He was probably like me and went a little bit dark you know, with post and, you know, probably didn't be on there as main, you know, not as what we probably could have been. But no, I haven't actually spoke to him. I, I, I sent out a cheerio to him I was, you know, before I walked out on. The Monday, I was really hoping he was going to get the 5K, but um, no, unfortunately, he still gets paid, but unfortunately, no, he missed the second spot. So congratulations to whoever it was. You know, he had a marvellous last time. Um, yeah. I have spoke to Bosses Ruffy. Um, uh, we've been uh, connected together in a message group, and yeah, no, he, he seems like a champion, bud. Yeah, very good, mate. So when did you run out of trades? Because I think last year, Wilfred ran out with a fair way to go. Um, what about you? Did you... Do you, um, you know, save them throughout the year or did you go really hard over buyers and then you're left with a few rounds uh, with just nothing left and you're just praying for no injuries? Um, I used my very last trade in round 24. Um, that was bringing them Billy Slater. Um, pretty ballsy move, apparently, according to a few guys and putting the C on him in that round. But that was a calculated, uh, that was a calculated move. He was my most dangerous uh, punt at that particular time for Brado. And I had been looking at Moses because I knew Brado uh, and Boz had uh, Moses. Um, so I thought I could cancel cancel out with Moses. But I ended up going with Slater after talking to a couple of former winners in BK and uh, Catfish. And I suggested that's the move I wanted to make. They both thought it was an all right move. And yeah, it, it paid off in spades. Definitely, mate. And, and it was one, something I was going to ask you. We'll, we'll start with it now. So you captained him around 25. Um, yeah, as you said, master stroke. But was that so? You're saying that was pre-planned. You, you'd always thought you're going to bring him in and then put the C on him straight away. Well, it was always between him or Moses. Um, round 25, we're at the game. It was uh, the Broncos Parramatta game, and oh man, I hate death riding Parramatta players. Like early in the season when I didn't have Gutherson, I had the death ride, and he was killing it. And, um, Brand is just a start. You can't death ride him, but. Moses, I was sort of death riding, so walking out that night of uh, Lang Park, I tanked one, but I've left Semi on the bench, and I'm thinking, oh, no. Um, so I had to cross me fingers and hope Brado thought the same thing. It was a bad matchup for Semi that week, uh, and he's a smart man. He left him out, too. <laughs> yeah, I did as well, mate. <laughs> That's uh, the way I look at it. <laughs> 150. Like, 100... He thought the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 150 points later. So, um, yeah, that, that one hurt, but still managed to somehow have a have a handy round then and it could have been even more with, with him, but the same for you as well. So, um, you know, what about the buyers? Let's talk about that. that it's a really critical path. Um, you know, it's where the movers and shakers really start to uh, emerge there. Did you plan for it from round one or was it something you kind of warmed into? So by about round 10, you started just, you know, buying and selling places players based on buyers. I did when I was making trades coming up. Um, see, I didn't really have to make a lot of trades early on. I, I was sort of lucky that uh, the guns I went with were all sort of hitting at the time. I, I'd sort of had the pick of the litter with, well, in my opinion, the pick of the litter for the uh, composite of my team uh, with the rookies. They were all sort of scoring all right. It was actually hard. I, I felt really stressed in the first few weeks because I couldn't see where my money was coming from. I, you know, I had no one ready to sell and 
you're reading everyone's post and they're trying to get this back away. And I just, all I wanted to do was just trade. So <laughs> I didn't actually make my first trade till uh, round three. And they were forced. That was Jared Hayer. And um, I think Winterstein at the time because he was playing like the goalpost. Yep. Okay. And then, so from what about round ten onwards, you started to really structure structure your sides around the buyers. I know you said you missed out on Rapana um, because he, you know, didn't have the best buyers, uh, and you went with TKO. So it was you know, you really did change your mindset around a certain round to start just all focusing on on buy players. Well, as I got up to round, um, where was I in round eleven? I was ranked four. So coming into round twelve. Um, I pretty much planned to have a close to a full squad. In fact, I think I'm pretty certain out of all those buy rounds, I had at least 16 players. Um, there was a one or two of those buy rounds. I did have 17. Um, man, 18. That was that was tough to cover. Um, I heard a lot of chatter on the side that you know guys were going to have full, full squads that week and two weeks before. I'm thinking, well, wow, what am I going to do? I think I've got 10 or 11 players. That, but um, I made some nice choices and you know, those players hit those weekends. But Interesting point, mate. Um, I remember looking at stats after round 18. Uh, the guys that were uh, the next six, uh, sorry, second through to seven, uh, had all scored 220 more points than me through the buys, and that just sort of blew my mind. I thought, wow, I'm going to get run down at some stage soon. Uh, but no, I just kept kicking, and yeah, it was like a favourite in the Melbourne Cup, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's really interesting, hey. So two hundred points uh, point differential to the negative, um, you versus the other guys out of the buy. So that's that's something you don't normally hear too much. Um, but you know, on the other flip side, it's it's kind of like you've got the best players, the actual proper best players before the buyers, and then the best players throughout the buyers and the best players after the buyers as well. So um, if you kind of spread the points out, it kind of does make a little bit of sense, and maybe we do. Uh, you know, as a takeaway, um, potentially not focus as much on, on the buyers, but, um, you know, really try and make sure we've got that key or core, you know, 10 or so players in our side, regardless of whether they've got good buyers or not. Well, that's right. I, I My team wasn't really relying on state of origin players. I, um, I think I only had three origin players in, in my squad up till the buyers. Um, I obviously kept Smith. Um, I remember trading out Jake Trevelyan. Gerbo. Um, at the time, you know, I think he'd come on three consecutive games after scoring tries you know, with a heap of attacking stats. And his value was up around uh, half a million at the time. I thought, look, I'll cash him out while I can. He's going to be out for you know, a few games in a row coming up shortly. So yep. he was one of the smart moves. It allowed me to get in a couple of nice players and it sort of got me through the buys. Yeah, okay. All right, very good. Uh, so I had a look at your final side, mate, and um, there's a few interesting players there I wouldn't mind you just stepping through. Um, Slade Griffin, to start with, it must have been one of the very few people, particularly in the top-end top rank, to, to own Slade Griffin. What, what was the thought behind that? He was more of an insurance policy. Um, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with Cam coming out of the boys, whether you know, they may give him the whole game off or... Um, so I figured, you know, if they did, I sort of handcuffed him using an NFL sort of terminology. I sort of handcuffed Slade. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If Cam's not there, I've got Slade Griffin for that extra number for that game. But I think the only time I used him was um, the games when Smith was rested and then I copied him with an AE um, late in the piece. Okay. All right, and uh, to- yeah, a smarter man. I, I, I should have traded into someone who was. Uh, I should have traded into like um, an Eisenhuth or a Lane at that stage. But I'm pretty certain when I, the weekend I, I brought him in was uh, the weekend I was in hospital as well. So that was those trades were all sort of done before the first. Oh yeah, you know, like early in the week, so to speak. Yep. Okay. Uh, and the next guy, Toe Harris. So obviously, he had um, pretty horrendous form to, to finish the season off. I know that he had a big game at the end of the year, but um, interesting to see that you held him the whole way throughout. Were you thinking about jumping him off, or, or was just the, the flexibility of switching in between centre and second wing, you know, kind of overpowered gave, his poor form? He gave that flexibility, but um, you know, with Angus Crichton, um, I did bring in enough uh, Jed Cartwright, which sort of helped out with that as well. But um, I do remember reading an article. I, I can't remember where it was from. Where um, Bellyache had pretty much said that. Um, Munster was out and Tohu was out. And that. He said, when they come back, they'll be playing as many minutes as they can to get them you know, fit for the final. So I was fairly confident if he got back on that you know, he'd get some game time. I wasn't expecting all the attacking stats. But, um, yeah, I just didn't want to burn a trade late in that season. He'd tell you to drop it a little bit too from uh, what I paid for him. So, yeah. mate, yeah. I was lucky. I got forced into playing him in the last round with Crichton. So, yeah, yeah that was another bonus. Okay, and the last guy I want to speak about was Anthony Milford. Um, did you uh, did you pick him or uh, did you stick with him? Sorry, through his injury, was he a pod you you picked up on for the run home? No, I tried. I brought him in. I think round about round seven or so. Just I think the Broncos had a stretch of home games, and then, yeah, everyone knows how good he plays at home. Um, I think I traded him out uh, after the injury in the South game. I. Um, Kept my eye on him. One of the guys from work, a good mate at work, Andrew, he brought him in as soon as he came back. So I kept my eye on him just to see how he was going. And then I pretty much jumped on him the next week or the week later. I think it was round 21. Um, a lot of guys, it was a lot of hate. Not hate, but a lot of guys didn't want to take the risk on him. But, you know, when Mill's firing, yeah, good things can happen. So I think I was the only guy in the top 10 or maybe the top five at that stage that had um, Milford. A lot of ones, uh, a lot of everyone seemed to be on Cleary and Dale Cherry Evans. And yep. Yeah, he was a great pod, mate. I think he averaged like 78 over the last six weeks. So I uh, VC looped him in um, you know, one of the last few rounds with, uh, I think it was 120 dollars. So, yeah, he was, I would probably say he was my best trade. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Because I was going to ask you about that. So um, what were your three best buys and sells during the year? Uh, three best buys. Um, I know my three worst, um, straight off the bat. Um Brawley, never, ever again. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. 
It was bad. To tell you the truth, mate, I I actually cut him out. I was ruthless. I cut him out of my team before I before I even got to the boys. He was just he was a bad egg and he had to go. Um, probably the nicest bloke in the world, but no, not super coach relevant. Um, uh, Pat Yahoo, who I mentioned before, like uh, should have gone Rapano, cost a heap of points at that stage. Um, and another bad trade. Um, yeah, more than likely the Griffin one. I, I could have kept a lot more money in the bank by uh, going down to a more uh, you know, a rookie price type of guy. But you know, in my head, I had like a backup plan. He was going to be a handcuff to Cam Smith if Cam wasn't there. So there was a bit of thought to it. It didn't eventuate, and then, you know, it cost me some points with an AE score later uh, later in the season. But oh well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you, you, what about your, your best buyers, mate? Um, you, you've spoken to Milford, so that's one. What about the other two? Um, Cleary late in the piece. Um, I was the only guy in the top 10 in oh, lateness, um, maybe rounds 23, 24, something like that, who didn't have Cleary. So um, I made a decision. Of, I think I cut to power for Cleary. Uh, to power, I've been playing like 40 minute games for consecutive weeks. So. I don't think it cost me much money to go for Cleary, but to cancel out that pod, that was massive. Um, uh, Brados had been using him as captain for consecutive weeks, I think three weeks in a row at that stage. And the kid was playing huge. Moylan was out, and the kid goes big when Moylan's not there. So, yeah, I had to bring him in. I think the first week I brought him in, he got a double as well. So I felt really happy that night. Mate, I, um, I went Moylan instead of uh, Cleary the week that before they both were going to jump in price massively. Um, yeah, I think that was the difference between me finishing in the top 500 and, and where I ended up finishing. So he's a he's a bit of a sore point for me, old uh, old chin. <laughs> yeah, nah, mate. I, I love watching Moylan play. He, he gets a lot of bad press, you know. But I love watching him play. But yeah, definitely for that team going forward, Penrith, um, it should be Cleary and uh, the other young guy that debuted late in the year. Yeah, Edwards, was it? Or, or May as well, Tyrone May? Oh, no, Edwards, yeah, oh, both. Ed, yeah, Edwards is a star. Like, he was a great pickup for most of us throughout the season. Yep, yep, okay. Um, agree, he was fantastic. That was a, a gift uh, towards the end of the year, definitely. So what about mistakes, mate? So we've spoken about uh, Rapana. That, that was a, you know, that cost you a, a hundred or so points. Uh, were there any other, you know, real, really big regrets or things that you just go, man, I just... I really didn't play that well or, I, you know, I should have done it this way. Um, or was it really just a, a perfect season largely and lots of luck along the way? Oh, there was definitely lots of luck, but, far, you know, far from a perfect season. Um, oh, yeah, I, I was lucky. I got a lot of calls right. Um, football for me is an individual sport based around uh, – or it's a team sport based around individual matchups. So, me being a punter, I love having crack at first try scorers and trying to you know, pick out you know who's got the best matchup this week. Saying that, I'll uh, Nagama in the last game of the weekend. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, oh, mate, I love a punt. Um, <laughs> it's it a funny one. I don't want to waffle on, but round 15, um, I was hoping to snatch the lead. Um, I didn't get a great score that week. I think it might have been second or third, but I got a two-try score and uh, two-leg multi um, Blake Ashford into... Um, Oh, the Canterbury Centre, who kept getting dropped. Um, uh, Brinko Lee? Yeah, uh, yeah, Brinko Lee. I um, had a $5 multi of those two into each other, which I picked up a nice $1,000. So oh, wow. I didn't get the top spot that week, but I picked up a grand. So I was Ooh. Pretty Ooh, very, very cool, mate. Well done. Very, very nice. That's handy. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. 
they made the wife happy and the kids happy, so that's where all the money goes, mate. I get the super coach title, they get the, um, they get the cash. Uh, you're a legend, mate. Well done. Very good work. Um, okay, so how? So you're the 2017 champion, done and dusted. Um, you've still got a few things, obviously, that you're going to be taking care of um, throughout the, you know, probably with the Daily Telegraph, a couple of things. But, you know, how are you going to defend your title if we can look forward to next year? Um, you know, what I mean by that, what are some of the key lessons that you learned throughout the season that you will take into next year to, you know, set you up with, um, you know, the best chance possible to be the first back-to-back champion? Oh, mate, I don't know if I could pull that off. I mean, you know, to get back in the top thousand next year, I'd, I'd just be happy with that. But, um, mate, I don't know. The, the real um, turning point for all of us this season was the HIAs. Uh, I was fairly lucky through the first half of the season that players I had, I, I really don't remember a lot of my guys in the first half of the season copping the HIAs. And some guys were getting belted, you know, bringing in like a James Graham for my coverage in round 10 and 11, and then, you know, he was going off, and Graham copped an injury who I hadn't had at that stage. So, yeah, no, the HIA came into, big, uh, came into play big time for all of us this year, mate. It's it's the new X Factor. It did, and uh, I'm, I was a James Graham owner, never, ever again. Uh, the guy, um, I think he's just got an... You know, he's a HIA waiting to happen as soon as he steps onto the field. So he's definitely a player that I won't be targeting for that. And there's probably a few others as well. Yeah, no, definitely, mate. It's, yeah. I, I feel for the guys who copped it all season. But no, injury-wise, mate, I, I was fairly lucky. Um, the, when I did have guys who got injured, they were pretty much at the top of their price. I was lucky I had a battle another gun. So, yep. you know, that's the sort of luck you need to, you know, to get up in the rankings and that. Mm-hmm. And what about um, your your starting team? Um, did you put a lot of emphasis in uh, you know the schedule in terms of players that had a, an easier schedule than a, a few others, or did you not really consider that and just went with the best available players that that you thought? I wanted to go with um, guns and rookies, as we all love to do. I mean, for mine, it's, it's the best strategy to go with. Um, a week out, it didn't look pretty. The rookies didn't look like they were going to drop, but you know, round one came. There was a nice lot of, well, a nice class of rookie anyway. As I was saying earlier, I, I think I pretty much got the pick of the litter with them. Just about to pump up my round one team and have a quick look. Okay, now interesting round one in my own uh, competition, I came up against Mr. Sangster, who absolutely found out that week. <laughs> Okay, now for those guys out there, this is my round one team. Okay, uh, in no particular order, I had uh, Cam Smith, I had Matungi, Burgess, Kafusi from the Storm, who I started in the front row. I had uh, Jervo, Winston, Zach DeBellin, Mattering, JT. I had uh, I was one of those guys that got sucked into the home. Like, I'm a former, yeah, I'm a Parramatta fan. He's a former player. I stuck Lord. He could have been anything at that price, but yeah, we all got done it. Um, I had Sean Johnson, Moga, Tom, Dylan Walker, Dean Ware, who put in a nice 12-point effort for the first round. That was unbelievable. <laughs> um, RTS and um, my man, Teddy. First two blokes I signed, uh, Smith and Teddy, and that'll be the same thing next year with the Turbo Brothers. I think you build a team around those four blokes, you can't go wrong. Mate, your starting side sounds incredibly similar to mine. I think the only point of difference between us two was um, probably Teddy. So not running with him was, uh, you know, one of the big. I, I uh, started with a few duds in 
um, in the forwards, which uh, allowed me to not spend what I wanted to on a player like Tedesco. So, yeah, never again, mate. I agree. I'll be going with Teddy, particularly at the Roosters next year and, and the the, oh, uh, yeah. the Trevojevic brothers for sure. They're just going to get better and better. Oh, my wife, who's not, who's not even really into football, like, you know, sat through, like, the last five weeks of the competition, she said, um, you know, she enjoyed watching the Turbo Brothers. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I think there's one better in the under-20s for Manly. I think there is, mate. I think you're right. Yeah, very, very special family there, indeed. So, um, I guess the key takeaway um, from your team, though, is, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. It's it's one or two things, but pretty much, a you know, a, a cookie-cut team, basically, Um of, you know, yeah, what pretty you... much. This, these are the rookies I played. Oh, well, not played that week, but these were the rookies on the bench. They were pretty much in everyone's team. I had Brayley as a backup hooker. Um, oh, I had Gubb, but I'm not sure whether a lot of people might have had him. I had Talakai, I had Gates. I had Riley Jacks as a backup half or 5'8". I had uh, Kelly Cotrick and Surly. I mean, we pretty much had all in. Mm, yep. Yeah, agree. It's very similar to what we had. So, you know, it does all come down to trading and everything. You've obviously done that very well throughout the season. So... And maybe what you also did very well, mate, and I'm interested to know is, you know, how hard did you find it to stay up, stay up with all the late mail and ins and outs and, you know, general super coach information? It's ever-changing. There's lots going on now. You know, team, um, the teams have changed in terms of when they're being, not not when they're announced, but the 21-man squad. So that, that helps a little bit. But, you know, there is always the lot. Sorry, mate. Sorry, yeah, no, that whole 21 men naming squad, that, that's made it a hell of a lot easier this year. Um, but obviously, you know, guys like uh, Wacko Jacko, the guys that, you know, contribute on your site, um, Twitter, you know, there's a million different ways of finding things out. Um, I'm sort of lucky. I work in the media, so I use some little things. Um, I had someone uh, close to the Broncos that were telling me that, you know, Milford Shot was bad, but, you know, he'd get through the end of the season. So that was something I wasn't going to go sharing on the side of that stage <laughs> of the year. But, uh, that was a little bit of late mail I had. Um, uh, yeah, no, um, mate, everything you guys put out there, all your contributors on there, and guys just like me who, you know, get on, you know, maybe three, four or five times a day to catch the latest news, like, yeah, no, it's been a wonderful outlet for me, um, especially nights, you know, going back a couple of years ago where, you know, I was sitting in a chemo chair, and, um, you know, I'd be uh, scrolling through your site, you know, what are the changes for Monday night footy, what's going on, you know, who do I have to have, do I have to trade someone, like, nah, you guys have been a wonderful outlet for me, it's been outstanding. That's uh, that's really good to hear, mate. It's um, what we like to do. It's um, just a, as you said, it's a real kind of community, and the forum is what makes it, which is um, which is really good and really quite proud that I think there's been three of the past five winners which have come um, directly from the site, and you know I don't think there's necessarily as much as um, what's being written on there, but more so um, you know the forum aspect and everyone getting on there and, and helping each other, and it really is a community as well. And you know there, there were a lot of people behind you towards the end, and and um, you know, cheering you on and kind of forgetting their, their teams. I know that the Nick put up that amazing banner curse in the final round, mate, to, oh, to get you across the, the line. So that was, that was a rip Even up. my wife picked up on that. Like, <laughs> cool that? Like, but it's funny, you know, for seven, eight, nine, ten years, however many years I've been playing, like, I'll try and bring up a super coach conversation. I get the hand as she's walking out of the room. Um, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. You know, this year I cracked the top 100 and, you know, Caroline and the kids, you know, start showing a bit of interest and, but it got to the stage where your uh, website is on her phone. Uh, she had the Supercoach uh, Super app on her phone. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's been a great year. I, I can't ask for anything more, mate. A lot of things went my way, but I'm, you know, I'm very happy. 
That's oh, wonderful, mate. Fantastic. And, and and I just reflect on a tweet that you sent out. Um, I think um, Wilfred might have sent out um, this, earlier this week about um, you contacting him early in the year to ask him to come onto your radio show to do an interview. And then, you know, now you are the Supercoach Championship. So it's amazing, isn't it? So what, did Wilfred, you know, give you some advice and help you throughout the year? I know that he's he's fantastic in terms of answering questions, particularly on, on Twitter and, and he... He knows more than most people out there as well. So um, did you find that he was a great help this year? Yeah, there was uh, a few occasions uh, this year I'd sort of send a tweet to Wilfred. Um, that all sort of started, as you were saying, I, I work for Radio TAB. Um, I sort of, you know, spoke to Wilfred a couple of times uh, without really knowing each other through the website and that sort of stuff. Um, but um, the guys at work mentioned, uh, well, if you can get a hold of his number, you know, we'd love to have him on the other start of next year. So, you know, I, I sent him a tweet, you know, Wilfred's a lovely bloke. Um, Mate, I think of that guy in the highest regard. For me, he's the uh, first of all super coach. He's made better players out of a lot of players. So there might be smarter winners or, you know, some people might consider other people smarter winners or whatever, but uh, he's, he's the real MVP so, uh, so far. He is, mate. And um, I think he took the piss a little bit this year as well. And I uh, I talk to him a lot. We're in a, I'm in a private WhatsApp group with him and Joe and, and, and Nick. And, um, mate, he, he was on a, a dead set... Um, you know, task this year to pick the most potalicious team possible. Um, but how just... good was it? Like, I remember sending him a tweet, you know, early in the season, so I'd say, like, all your centers, they're just all based that monsters. Like, they are, I can't mate, believe, yeah. like, he, he didn't get, you know, massive scores. Like, but you're right, his team was potalicious. Um, yeah, good thing. Yeah. Hopefully so, I might do something like that next year. The pressure's off. <laughs> so he has he has admitted that he's going to tone that down a little bit going forward and, and pick some of the more common players because... Um, he did. He had good weeks when they went well, I think. But you know, when they didn't, he, that's what he really dropped, and it, it's probably why he finished outside the top thousand. So um, I'd expect him to charge up the rankings next year for sure. And um, you know, I think it's pretty surreal, though, mate, that that you'll be the one this time going on. You know, the radio TV, um, the the morning show to to get interviewed about being this year's champion. Yeah, it's pretty freak, isn't it? Um, I'm actually on tomorrow, uh, well, what are we at tomorrow? Friday, yeah. I'm on, I'm on like, the, in the last 10 minutes of the show tomorrow. So, uh, in and around a radio, near around about 8.20, uh, 1008 on the AM band. Um, that's our sports bet breakfast show at Radio TAB, and you'll cop me for the last 10 minutes of it. Yeah, and that's with um, Peter Basaltis and John McCoy tomorrow? Yeah, on, well, I'm not actually sure who's on them. I'm not sure whether it's Paul, Pete, or um, John. It'll be uh, two or three, so I'm not sure which one I'm uh, facing up to. It might be Salty there tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Rip- or it could be out of our somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> ripping, ripping guys and um, and a, a wonderful TV show, and, uh, sorry, radio um, show. I know that I've, um, that's just become a trademark for me whenever I get to the car to drive to work to put that on. I love listening to those guys there. Um, you know they're very knowledgeable, and um, it's all a bit lighthearted as well. So it's it's a very, very good show, and um, strongly recommend to anybody in, uh, particularly I think in Brisbane and and South Australia that that don't listen to it, um, turn your dials to one double o eight to uh, to listen to a cracking sports program in the morning, and uh, listen to tomorrow's cha- this year's champ tomorrow morning. As you said, maybe at eight twenty or something like that, which is very easy to listen to. So. Mate, just um, we've been on for a while, so I'll let you go. I know you've got a thousand things to do. Um, just before you do leave, 
Um, if there was one thing about Supercoach in 2018, mate, what would it be to change? And, and you know, whether it's to fix the game or to add a rule or to do anything, um, what would you do um, if um, if Tom Sankster came to you and go, okay, you're this year's champ, you can do whatever you want next year to change, what would it be? Mate, to tell you the truth, I've been pretty happy with it. I had a great run. I mean, I think if you come out on top, you can't complain. Um, I'd be happy to go in under the same... Um, same uh, you know, rules next year suits me. Um, maybe a little bit more clarification between uh, tries, last touches, those sorts of things. But no, it didn't really affect me throughout the year, so I'm not going to complain too much. Yeah, fair enough. It's a it's a very very good response, mate. So I'm sure uh, everybody would be very happy about that at the Daily Telly. So well done. Um, all right, now I'll just hand over to you, mate. We're going to sign off. It's been Fantastic podcast, really appreciated having you on. But you know, now's your opportunity to to thank um, whoever you would like to thank and give a shout out or, or anything like that. Oh, mate, shout out to you know all the guys that go front up on Supercoach, uh, Supercoach talk, you know, all the comments, all the nice comments I've copped over the last few months. Thanks, guys, and you know, it's been a you know, I've had a tough last last couple three years, but uh, I want to give a shout out to. Um, I've had my own wings for a few seasons now. Uh, it's called In the Meat Tribe. I'd like to uh, shout out to those guys that have been regulars each year. Um, other guys in another league I've played in for a few years, a shout out to the guys that played in the PFS League Cup. And uh, guys, I played in the Supercoach Tragic League. It was a cash comp I played in. Um, I took out first prize. I'm pretty happy with that too. Thanks, fellas. And <laughs> also, um, a shout out to all the guys from Supercoach Gods League. We took out the number one sports. So, Epic. mate, on top of taking out like the number one ranking, I finished you know, number one for number one ranked league. Like, you know, that's a trick of itself. It's it's amazing. It's fantastic, mate. Now, you, as I said, it's it's all extremely well deserved. Um, you know, I'm sure you'll be back in the the, the high rankings. Um, next year, um, just really enjoy uh, you know the next couple of weeks and soak it all up. And and as you said, I, I really hope that you and the family get away for a lovely holiday. You, you truly deserve it, mate. So um, from myself on behalf of the NRL Supercoach Talk community, um, well bloody done, and um, thanks very much for your contribution throughout the year, but also um, taking the time to speak to me today. Oh, mate, no, any time for you guys at uh, NRL Supercoach Talk, you guys are great. You know, the platform you are given, you know, nothing's like me to get out and you know, pursue a sport that we love. But, you know, some people frown on, but, you know, we have a place to get out there and chit-chat with ourselves. So, nah, it's been fantastic. Thanks, Josh. You know, all the guys there, Nick, you know, all the other contributors, semi guys like that, um, all the guys that do the weather reports. You know, it, you know, everyone puts in their 10 cents worth on the site, you know, whether you're writing an article or just writing a little post. You know, it means a lot to a lot of us. So it helps us you know, do certain things in life. But, you know, things are working out well for me, so I've got no complaints with anyone, mate. It's wonderful, mate. Yeah, really happy for you. And um, uh, there's no better way, I think, to sign off the uh, the NRL Supercoach Talk podcast season Um other than speaking to this year's winner, Sam, it's been a, an absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. And I hope that everybody that has taken the the 40 minutes or so to, to listen to this has got a, a fair bit out of it. Uh, and, um, you know, it's pretty powerful messages throughout, apart from just your overall performance through the years. So uh, thanks again. And, and thank you, everyone, for downloading. It's, uh, it's been a very good year and a, and a fantastic podcast. And, and well done again, Sam. Thanks, mate.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.